Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back again to Police Pod Talk. Once again, we have a caller on the line who graciously volunteered to talk about and take the challenge for American Skin, the movie. Uh, We're going to discuss that a little bit today. We'll be talking to Tad. Tad, you can say hey to the people out there. Hello, everyone. (laughs) It was a little bit of a pause there. Are you a little nervous, are you? (laughs) Uh, a little bit. Okay. Well, I do appreciate you taking the challenge and watching the movie, American Skin. And, uh, Tad, I'm going to let you do a little bit of talking here and uh, tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, and uh, that way they can get a feel on who's on the other end. Go right ahead, Tad. Okay. Um, I grew up in Rochester, Indiana. Um, it is a non-diverse community. Um my mother and my father were never married. Uh, my mother was 16. My father was 23. Um, when my mom turned 18, she married um, another gentleman um, who was in the military. So I was moved around a lot. Military brat, lived in Alaska, then Colorado. Then I came back about third or fourth grade. Um, like I said, grew up in Rochester. Um, ended up going to St. Joseph's College on a track scholarship. Um, After college, um, I became a law enforcement officer for uh, the Rochester Police Department. Hmm. Um, And then I um, was married, divorced. Um, I am back with uh, the person I married. Uh, We have two wonderful children. Um, and she lived in Leo, Indiana, so now I currently reside in uh, Leo, Indiana. Okay. And a probation officer. Oh, all righty. Okay, so you got a little bit of that uh, criminal justice in you. Yes, sir. <laughs> all righty. How many years were you on the police department? Uh, five years. Five years. Is that you decided to leave, or you didn't like it, or what was going on with that? You don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, I did not fit into... Uh, the style of that police department. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started out, I was working three to one p.m. So three p.m. to one a.m. Excuse me. Okay. Um, and they were a very aggressive police department uh-huh. um, regarding. They believed every vehicle had some sort of illegal substance in it, or someone had drugs on them, or they wanted you in every single vehicle that you pulled over. Wow. Um, and so there was a lot of, you know, uh, politics, which there isn't any type of field that you work in, but there was a lot of politics. Right. There was, you know, get a lot of getting in. Why didn't you find stuff? Um, a lot of training, um, which I was well at. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, you know, it just wasn't a right fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up switching over to a 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. shift. So I, when I was working there, um, I obviously dealt with a lot of the day stuff, right. which is mostly involved with the Department of Child Services. Um, I also dealt with, you know, a lot of the 
minor petty calls regarding traffics and right. uh, speeding tickets and traffic violations, that type of stuff. Right. Um, so it was more quieter than the working at night shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I felt like I wasn't making a significant difference or of what I was wanting to do. Um, so I decided to move over to juvenile probation um, to see how much I could make a difference or effect try and turn some people's lives around now how long you been doing the juvenile stuff four years and what do you think of that i enjoy um working with juveniles um you see a lot of different um experiences um you see a lot of different classes of individuals and for most of the part i've been able to relate um on the monetary scale as i obviously did not come from much rochester rochester whole lot of drugs or military is how you get out right um and so i grew up very poor um we didn't have very much to our name um so i'm able to relate um to some of the individuals who do not have very much and to explain to them from my experiences and how i was able to succeed and get out compared to how they were right well that's good that's good, and and you're constantly giving back. You feel like that, right? Yes, sir. Well, good, good. All right. Again, um, I'm I'm happy that you decided to say, hey, I would I would like to discuss the movie American Skin. I appreciate that. I watched the movie, and I'm sure maybe I got a different view or a different feeling about it. But I want you to go ahead and and just speak freely. I mean, you can talk about the movie uh, as much as you want. And tell us what you got from it, what you expected. Was it what you expected? I'm going to let you just freely go right now. I mean, from the start to finish, and now just jump in every once in a while. Go right ahead. From I think from the movie standpoint, I thought it hit on a lot of topics from both perspectives, regarding law enforcement and a civilian's perspective on the thought processes and how it's going nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there is a big divide um, between police and civilians. Right. Um, and a lot of them, not people don't understand each other's side and they're not willing to, which is causing a divide. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it is brought up or it's tried to be addressed, um, people feel like they're being attacked instead of trying to understand the other person's point of view. Right. Um, so I know when I was watching it from the beginning, you know, I was thinking about some of the training I had with Rochester as, you know, like why, why are we pulling the people out of the car? What was the reason behind it? Like those were the first questions that popped into my head. Right. You know, why, if you know it's a cell phone and you see both hands are on the cell phone, because that's what I noticed was both hands were on the cell phone, why wasn't the firearm pushed back into the holster, like a safety issue? Right. You know, you could have de-escalated the situation, you know, and I understand there's a lot of components in more, more Monday morning quarterbacking every situation. Uh-huh. And certain individuals have to make a decision, a split-second decision. So right. I understand that. Um but I still, just a couple of the trainings, you know, I thought those training aspects, I do believe um, in certain instances there's out-of-dated policies. Like, I didn't agree with 
the officer being able just to go home. Um, I understand removing him from the situation or the scene, um, but when we were always told, taught in Rochester, as you call a supervisor, supervisor gets there, and then you're able to go back to the station or you go home and wait and go right. from there. Right. Um, well, well, l- l- just, l- l- let me stop you right there. I, I got to yeah. back you up a little bit, okay? All right. At the, at the beginning of the movie, they make a traffic stop. Yeah. I'm going to back you all the way back. Do you believe they were profiling that vehicle and those people in the vehicle? Yes. Okay. And in your experience or your thinking and watching that, did you find that to be a problem? Um, I'm kind of conflicted on that. Um, and here's why. I know when Rochester obviously is a small area. So when you work the same area over and over again, you see certain things or vehicles or things that are out of place that normally aren't there because you see the same things on a daily basis. Right. So if a vehicle is not, you know, you've never seen that vehicle before, or maybe the, even those individuals, you want to know what's going on or what they're doing in that area, especially at the time of night, which you probably wouldn't be able to see inside the vehicle, but still the, the vehicle would have been different to you if you worked the same department or same area every single time. Right. Um, I thought, so that, reason why I'm conflicted, I want to say that is, if hypothetically, if he w- if they would have just let them go, and let's say they would have went and committed a crime, and someone found out that they had contact with them earlier than that, like why didn't you do anything? But then, let's say they did pull some, they did pull them over, and let's say they were up to something that that's illegal or no good, and they prevented something, then they get, you know, they get commended for it. Okay, that's how I that's how I feel. Okay, let's say watching the movie. Mm-hmm. All right, they profiled the vehicle. They pulled it over because it was out of place. Yeah, they start talking to the individuals. Now you've had training. Is there a certain point when you're talking to someone at their window that you can sense they're either bad or good, and you can either start slowly calming yourself down? to find out what's going on? Or do you stay at that high level of intensity the whole time? I don't think you stay at the whole time. I think you start off high. Um, and then once you start speaking with the individuals um, and you start getting a grasp of how things are going or you're not noticing anything that that's making the back of your hair on your neck stand up, mm-hmm. I think you can start to de-escalate down there and start perceiving the threat as not so high anymore. Mm-hmm. I would still not go below a medium, though. Right. Um, I would never be a low on any type of home visit or any type of traffic stop. Right. I would be a high and then go down to a medium because you can always raise it back up to a high depending right. on the situation, which... It was why we, why law enforcement is more is supposed to be more reactive um, than proactive. Right. Is how I feel like it's going nowadays. So during that first part of the movie, and I mean this sets the tone, and then there's a huge twist in the movie that throws everybody. But that first traffic stop right there, where do you believe it started to go bad? Uh, when they pulled him out of the vehicle. Why is that? Just because they pulled him over, 
I mean, because at first you didn't know, you don't know why they pulled him over until the twist came later on. Um, but when they did pull him over, um, you know, he said, hey, my insurance is expired. You know, you can, you can write, you can go after you run, like he didn't even run their license or he didn't run their plate. You could have ran the plate, could have ran the license, found out there's nothing. And then be, and then he's like, hey, I have insurance. You, you didn't need to pull anyone out of the vehicle for insurance. If you don't see anything on plain sight or have any reason to believe or have reasonable suspicion to pull them out of the car, I believe just because of a expired, a showing expired insurance um, was not reasonable suspicion enough to pull someone out of a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have just give them a warning or give them a, give them a ticket and have them go on their merry way. And right. then they could show the court a different way and handle the ticket or warning. However, they, I mean, if it was a ticket, handle the ticket, then show, Hey, look, here's my updated insurance. I had insurance and go from there and it, it's done. Situation should have been over right then and there. Right now. Have you ever been involved in a situation where you felt there was just something not right about this person in the car? And you did everything you possibly could, but then you had to cut them loose. Yeah. And did you ever have a situation where they turned out to be the ones later on who committed a crime? No. Uh, not in my experience, I have not. And so you, as the years went on, you, pretty, you got pretty good at being able to pick out who's bad and who's good. Yes. Okay. So, and again, at the very beginning there, and like you said, right when they pulled him out of the car, things start getting out of hand. Yeah, because I felt like the officers escalated the situation by bring by pulling him out, um, and then the uh, I mean, I get the lead officer was under control, but the backup officer was scared. I mean, is the best way to put it. He seemed scared when he pulled his firearm out when he noticed it was just a cell phone. Um, he should have reholstered. He was trying to pull the, the juvenile out of the situation anyways. You know, he just, he escalated it to the point of where there was no return. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And as you're watching that, what was going through your mind? I mean, what feelings did you have right then? At the beginning part, I was just wondering why they were doing the certain things they were doing. Like, what training do they have? What policies, procedures did they have in place? What was going on? Like, why were they doing some of the things that they were doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. And as the movie moved along, did you expect the twist that happened when the captain starts coming out of the house? Uh, no. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Um, I thought that was, I thought something was up, but I wasn't expecting when the captain came out, I wasn't expecting that to get to the level that it arose to. Right. Right. That um, was just, I mean, taking something into your own hands is ever, never a good situation. Right. But I mean, it, it definitely peaked up my interest. Right. Uh, to keep me to keep watching it. Right. Now, the reaction of the nephew in the house when they were asking the mother to speak to the media, uh, did, okay. you, did you think that was a real reaction uh, of a young man of color uh, to be acting towards a policeman of color? Yes. I thought, that, I thought that was just a natural 
reaction. I mean, obviously, everyone's emotions are elevated, and then when you have someone um, influencing the mother to try and keep the situation calm, um, because when everything is going on, no matter the situation, and the mother of, let's say, the juvenile in this situation, the mother of that juvenile is telling him, hey, let's not do the violence, that I believe that does help because of the motherly aspect of like you don't want to be disrespectful to the mother, mm-hmm. um, and it does. The intent is there to try and calm the situation down, but I did think the cousin's reaction was appropriate. His emotions were high; and he didn't trust anything, right? Um, which you shouldn't have. Um, and that's just you know that's where the gap is at at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So as the movie went on, and they were doing their trial. Um, and, you know, questioning and, and doing all that kind of stuff. As everyone was speaking, given their two cents, where do you see, where did you see yourself at? Who did you see yourself in that movie? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I would say, for the most part, I was the the gentleman with the tattoos on his on his skull, where he was helping representing the officer. Um, because I believe some of his points that he brought up would have been, you know, some of the same ones. But that's our policy and procedure. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we are trained to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just. That the, some of the points he brought up is how I s- saw myself because that what he was saying I thought was a best accurate representation of what uh, we were trained to do. You train to go home at night. You train to follow the policy and procedures. You do what you're told um, for, from your higher ups because everything comes down. Right. Um. You know, and you're trying your best to try and protect the serve the the public but there's no winning regarding that because you do one thing and something else happens or you do another thing and why didn't you do it this way right you know, that's how i felt right so as you had that opinion and you had those feelings could you understand the other people on how they felt and why they felt the way they did as far as the outcome of the traffic stop yes um uh, i think over like I said, I grew up in Rochester. We are very non-diverse. But, I mean, it's it's clear as day. We're non-diverse in that small town. Um, so me growing up, I had, I would say, no opinion towards anyone. I've always treated everyone the same. You know, and there's a lot of things, I would say, within the last year or two that I didn't know that I've asked a lot of questions about regarding race you know, because I don't ever want to offend anyone or say something that's wrong that could be perceived as something that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've asked a lot of questions um, regarding some of my coworkers asking them questions like, hey, is this a bad, you know, is this bad or is this, how would you do this or say something to that effect? Because it's just, I don't know. Um, so a lot of this, a lot of the material is new because like I said, we didn't grow up that way. My my roommate from college ended up being a, uh, a gentleman from Snyder 
um, who I became roommates with. And, you know, he is now a, a coach and a um, school employee at Wayne High School. And we talk on a daily basis. Right. And, you know, so, I mean, there has been a lot of growth on my aspect. And then, so I was definitely opening to listening to everyone's opinions on the other side of that I would never would have thought about or even mm-hmm. that would have popped up in my head. So do you think this movie helps or hurts uh, relationships? I think if you're willing to listen and try and willing to try and understand, I believe it would help. I think it is, you know, a great conversation starter, um, whether it's at work or, you know, within, within your, your friend group. Um, it, I think that it would help, you know, go from there. Cause either way on both sides, there's always a bad, a bad, uh, perspective on people. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at law enforcement one way and you don't understand their thinking or process and you look at the other, the civilian side, the other way, and you don't understand what they're going through unless you're willing to. Cause once you start speaking or trying to address some of the issues people feel attacked and then they either go to the fight or flight mode um and that's where we're having the biggest issue nowadays and that's why i believe there's so much diversity that's being split up and we're being split instead of unifying Mm -hmm. okay if you had to explain this movie to someone someone says hey you know you guys are talking about this american scan how would you explain this movie to someone who hasn't seen it? They didn't watch the trailer, but you're trying to say, hey, you need to watch this movie because what? It's about this. What would you say? I would say it is a a police shooting of a, a, ma- a juvenile male, a, a minority male who uh, father takes things into his own hands to try and get justice in his mind for his child. Mm-hmm. And it goes through an emotional, gut-wrenching experience where issues that we are having nowadays regarding in politics or in the world regarding the, the the drift between police and civilian and our minority communities, I believe that it would help address some of those issues or bring up those issues to see points of view and perspectives so you're able to either have that conversation with someone or try and figure out you know, how it relates to you or that aspect. But I thought it was a very suspenseful, emotional movie um, that needs to be watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I'm telling you, it it threw me. I didn't expect what I saw, and I didn't expect the way I felt after the movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I near near the end of the movie, I think I was like, man, like this this is almost trying almost trying to make me tear up. It's so impactful and emotional. It makes you think, and you're like, man, this is a great movie from this point of view. Well, three, four, I would say almost nine-tenths of the movie was a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I think the the one part I don't like or I don't agree with, um, it's just maybe because I don't understand, but the officer at the very end said, we're coming out 
he doesn't have a gun, and the next thing you know, he's shot hmm. and killed. Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't about why or what was going on or the intent of everything that's going on. But the media, it wouldn't fit, it didn't fit their. I guess their narrative is, I guess, how I would say it. Mm-hmm. Because then they turn it around to, did he have PTSD or is it a mental health issue when that was not brought up to the whole movie? And then you go from that, and then next thing you know, the last two seconds later, it's, oh, we have a six foot nine, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> it just changed. I'm like, no, what? Like, then that just shows the media is there for the ratings. They're not there for what may or may not have happened they're just proving so they can get the ratings for people to watch so i think that also is you know one of my big things is i'm not really big in watching the news because i don't believe my left or my right when i'm listening to the news <laughs> wow and my biggest concern is what are they what they're what, what they're teaching to you and you don't go look it up you're going to believe blindly what people are saying right. but you don't know what's really going on you need to do some research into things yourself mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to back up a little bit in the movie. When the father was talking to his son, who was on a Zoom conference with his classmate, and the father explained to the son that, hey, these laws weren't written for you in mind. These laws were written for somebody else, and you can't do what they're telling you that you can do. Did you believe that? Is that true to you or not? I believe it was true. Um, I believe it was for though the 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 wealthier individuals, which at the time of the laws were written, I believe was the Caucasian people. Um, so I believe it was written for the wealth Caucasian, and they were there you know, um, for those reasons. Because I remember we did a a uh, we attend I attended the um, Indiana Black Expo um last year to get some training hours and and that was brought up regarding uh the gi bill um whether where um people of minority were allowed to live or they weren't allowed to live um what classified them from their loans oh and you know the yellow areas and the red areas and neighborhoods going down that type of stuff that was all eye-opening to me um because i never would have known that or did know that um, and I thought that helped out a lot in learning things that I did not learn in school, obviously, mm-hmm. um, without doing you know additional research. So the answer, long story short, would have been, yeah, I believe it was written for the wealthy Caucasian individuals. So when the, when the son had his cell phone, uh, do you believe he was trying to exercise those freedoms that did not belong to him? I believe it it did belong. Anyone can record anyone is how I looked at it and how I was told. Um, you know, and whether you like being recorded or not, everyone has cell phones nowadays. You're recorded on everything you do. Um, I know when I first started working in the justice field over here, you know, I had juveniles recording me on home visits all the time. Don't get me wrong, it's annoying, but there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> You know, I wasn't doing anything wrong, so I didn't really care. Right. You know, but they would post me all over Snapchat. Hey, they came over. You know, stuff like that. Right. Nothing I knew about it. Wasn't mad. 
it's I mean it wasn't mad I didn't do anything wrong he wasn't doing anything wrong so there was nothing I could do about it, so I just let it go right right what what part of the movie was the most moving for you that cost you the most stir of emotions when everyone I think when they were doing you know I thought I got really when the officer had to call his son and his wife mm. and tell him he wasn't going to come home and that whole scene the whole time that scene that led up to the scene when everyone was expressing their thoughts and their beliefs and their opinions and how they were going back and forth with the conversations that are needing to be had they was have they were actually doing those conversations at that point in time and, and so i think with that leading up to you know the the officer calling his parents or calling his wife and his son and then my emotion, I, I came back down a little bit yeah. and then right back up at the very end when he was shot by a sniper for no reason. I think that's what, that also led me to at the very end get a little bit emotional because mm-hmm. I was so frustrated and furious. Like the, he stated, the officer stated coming out, hands up, no gun. He had his hands up. There was no threat. And then bam, hmm. it, was, it was done. Do you think the officer, I mean, he expressed it really well as to why they made the traffic stop. He explained that really well. Do you think he finally understood what it felt like for that father to lose his son? Yeah, I I think he, I think he, I think he learned and and started to understand what it was like because he had no control. He no matter what he said or what he did, didn't matter at that point in time. It was, this is what you're doing, do it. And, you know, I think once he finally gave in and the whole situation was over, I think he, he learned, like, yeah, that was, I messed up. And I could never take back the thoughts or feelings mm-hmm. um, that I made this, this gentleman feel. And I felt horrible for him. Hmm. Now, what would you say to someone, because this is what was said to me, when I suggested this movie, uh, a friend of mine went ahead and watched the trailer. And I said, hey, did you watch the movie the next day? He goes, no, I watched the trailer, and I'm getting sick of that kind of stuff. I'm tired of hearing it all the time. I said, what do you mean you're tired of hearing it? Well, I'm tired of hearing about, you know, blacks getting pulled over, and then they're anti-police, and they're marching, and things like that. I said, so you didn't watch the movie? He said, no, the trailer was enough to make me not want to see it. What what do you what would you say to somebody like that? Oh man, I would I'd say that's that right there is one of the reasons what's what's wrong or what's going wrong and why we're becoming so divided. Is people aren't willing to open up their eyes or ears or anything to someone else's point of view. Um and that you know, I've when or after I watched the movie, I recommended it to a couple people, and I haven't checked back in whether they watched it or not. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, what and you know, it's just a different mindset. Like you have to be willing to open up and you like, look, you may not want to watch it, you may not want to hear or like what the trailer had to say, but at least take the opportunity and, and watch it because you're missing the main point of the whole movie because they're not going to obviously show you. Yeah, <laughs> the real stuff in the trailer. Right, they're gonna try and show you some of the stuff that's gonna catch your eye, and then 
go from there. Like you need to go back and rewatch it and then come talk to me, right. whether you want to see it or not, or what you want to hear it or not, what your thoughts are or not. Just put those aside and watch it and mm-hmm. under, try and understand both sides and go from there. Cause you're going to get mind blown. Yeah, exactly. So did you learn anything? There's always, I mean, there's always two, three sides to the story. You know, there's going to be the truth. There's people that, you know, lie and there's going to be the things that the media wants you to see or believe. Um, and I believe, you know, learning wise, you know, there's the understanding of how people feel minorities when, you know, they feel targeted or powerless and they don't have a say or they can't have or do or have the same rights as everyone else is what I got from it. And that's sad. Mm -hmm. Um, because we shouldn't be feeling that way and we haven't we haven't grown as far i think as a as a nation as a whole as much as we need to have but need to be right uh, you know the start was martin luther king jr and we've made some steps forward but i feel like every time we start going forward as a whole something happens and we we go back or there's lost promises mm-hmm. um people say they're going to do things and they they don't or you know and that's what's so frustrating because then we get back to the same position we were in right because um, i think we were in the same position as we were in four years ago when the last presidential election happened mm-hmm. um and there were some uh, police officer shootings and and then after a year or two it got quiet again quiet nothing changed nothing was brought up nothing and now this election there was another officer shooting and another couple of officer shootings and then it just escalated more again and you know, that's my biggest concern is why is it the attention is brought up when there's a presidential election why, why can't we keep it, the attention heightened, and make some sort of changes or strides to change? Mm-hmm. And then and then it just dies off again and until someone's able to do something, is my thoughts. Right. Now, do you ever have conversations like this with your friends? Actually, one of the individuals I recommended to watch um, American Skin to, him and I have been talking. He lives in Illinois. Um, and you know, him and I have been talking cause he has a different perspective than I do. Right. Um, and you know, he, um, he is a single father, um, and he has both of his boys in his home. Um, and he works from home now. He was a teacher. Um, but yeah, he works from home now and he's a different race than I am. And we've talked about different things, um, regarding, you know, thought process and, and police and, you know, that we've had a couple of those conversations. Right. Um, but I thought when I recommended it to him, he said he's heard about the movie. I mean, it showed interest in it, you know, and him and I have had discussions, um, some regarding certain things before the movie. So, you know, I was just give, trying to give him time. So to watch the movie, because right. he said he was going to watch it and then, you know, talk with him about it. 
mm-hmm. um, and see what his thoughts were and his and go from his perspective because I think he has a very in, intelligent point of view on certain things. Right. Um, the smart individual. Well, good. Now, <clears throat> would you say that the movie represented the police side? Did they do a good job? Yeah, I thought I thought the police side was inaccurate of you know whether how outdated some of the policies and procedures are out of place. Um, mm-hmm. I thought about how you know that some of the things that they did are being trained and mm-hmm. still being trained, um, and some of the comments that were being said I thought were very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, to my knowledge, I should say, I thought they were very accurate. Okay. So do you think that the civilians who had to sit on the jury, uh, do you think their uh, points of view were uh, represented really well in the movie? Yeah. I thought, I thought if their thoughts, if that's how they, if that's how those people or civilians feel, um, I thought that was a good portrayal because I think that's what, like I said, this whole time is I think that's what's dividing everyone because we're not listening to everyone's point of view. Mm-hmm. So listening, you see, you hear pieces and touches of it, but it's not full blown out said exactly the way they said it. So when you hear it just comes straight from the mouth, like you put things together, I'm like, yeah, I think that's what people are trying to say or not knowing how to say it. I believe that's what's going on and that's how they feel and they have a right to express their opinion and we need to take that into consideration as well. And the final question, do you feel that the father's feelings and his side along with his friends and and, uh, ex-wife or whatever, do you think their feelings were represented well in the movie? Uh, I believe everyone handles grief and loss differently. Um, and I can't explain from personal experience how I would feel or how I would deal with it or what I would do. Um, but I would say, you know, thinking about it, you know, because if something ever happened to one of my my kids, I, I know I would blow a gasket. Um, and I would do everything in my power to protect them or get justice for them as I would do because I do everything in my power now to protect them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want them to something, some harm happens to them. So, and so I understand, I understand. I feel that I would, if I would do anything and the thought of me losing one of them would make me upset, actually going through it or experience it. I don't right. think you can put a standard or a measurement on how to act or not act. But I believe everyone handles it differently. So I would say yes, that it was a, it was shown well in the movie and, mm-hmm it was an accurate representation of how someone could potentially feel or how they would handle that situation. Okay. So I don't know if you're old enough to remember uh, Cisco and Ebert when they would do rate movies. So would you give it two thumbs up or what would you give it? I do not know that. I'm not old <laughs> enough for that. Um, but I would, I would definitely recommend it. I recommend it to hardly uh, everyone that I would, you know, that would listen or would willing to want to watch it. Yeah. Um, or if you don't want to, I would still recommend it. I know when I was done, I sent it out to my mother. I sent, like I said, I sent it out to my a couple of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, hey, you need, this was a great movie. You know, you need to watch it. 
And right. they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. And then, like, well, what is it called? And, you know, I told them and explained it to them. And right. an author involved shooting went from there. So, I, yeah, I would recommend it to everyone. I thought it was a great movie. Um, on my point of view, I thought it was a great movie. So Good, good. Okay, well, when you when you talk to your buddy, um, you can go ahead and pass on my number. He can call me, too, if he wants to talk about it. But, All right. <laughs> yeah, I just like uh, hearing other people talk about it and their, their feelings. And I'm getting different points of view, which is good. I mean, everybody sees things a little bit different. But overall, everyone has said they've really enjoyed the movie, and they like the fact that everybody in the movie had an opinion, and it, it was like everybody's opinion was right. Nobody was wrong. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which was so weird. I mean, like, how, how did you make a movie like that uh, that, was, that was just so real? I don't know. I don't know. It was good. <laughs> it was good. So what 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 am I missing to forget? Uh, do you have any more you want to say about it, your feelings about that movie? Mm, not that I can think of. I think I addressed everything. Like mm-hmm. I said, I think my major issue was is just the mass media. Right. And their narrative and, you know, causing the, the rift. Right, right. Yeah, so your your suggestion is turn off the news. Turn off, turn off the news or, you know, look into what they're saying because, I mean, it's, you have so many different perspectives and depending on what you watch, you're going you're gonna to believe. Right, you know? right. I hear you. Well, Tad, I tell you what I do. I appreciate you taking time out of your day and joining us and discussing it and passing it on and encouraging your friends and family to watch it also to spark conversations. I think that's that's the thing. If we can spark a lot of conversations, that will start the whole healing process. And then also be willing to say, hey, you know what? You're right. It's okay that both of us are right. I think that's the, the biggest thing. Nobody wants nobody wants to say both of us are right. Everybody wants to say, I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> hey, yeah. you know, two people can be right. There's nothing wrong with that. So, Tad, thank you very much for sharing with us. And, uh, again, if your buddy calls you or one of your family members say, hey, I want to talk to that guy. I got an opinion on it. I don't mind. I, I want to share this as much as I can. I want people to vent and talk about it and uh, as much as possible. That's really what it's all about. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, Tad. Thank you very much. And folks, I appreciate you for listening in. And I, again, challenge you, take the time and watch American Scan. And, uh, you know, email me. You know how to get in touch with me, either on Facebook or you send me an email. Thanks, folks. And we'll catch you again next week on Police Pod Talk. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.